Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Oh. Oh. Guess I'm just a good man. Oh. Well, I'm all right. You are not Captain Kirk. You do not belong in charge of the Enterprise and I shall do everything in my power against you. You know what the chain of command is? It's a chain I go get and beat you with till you understand who's in command here. Frequently appalled by the low regard you Earthmen have for life. Exciting um, edition of SFP now. Uh, today's guest, uh, today's guest interview later on is Vic Mignana. Um, I think I've got the enunciation right there. Um, he plays uh, Captain Kirk in the um, new Star Trek fan-made web series, Star Trek Continues, which um, is something I've been really impressed with. Uh, with me at the moment to go over news is uh, Raisa, and of course Raisa will be talking a little bit about Star Trek Continues a little bit later on. You know, to precede the interview. And now, last week in news. So, how you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm pretty good myself. It's been. It's been a bit of a stressful day for me, but other than that, it's. Uh, it's cool. Things. Things are moving longer. So, uh, news-wise, you want to kick things off? Yes, I just sent you, uh, as in literally just sent you, the latest bit of news off of TV Line, which is that Arrow is to introduce characters from CW's The Flash into an Arrow episode coming up to flesh out the Flash universe prior to the launch of the series. Yeah. And what and what they're going to do is they're going to bring in uh, Danielle Pannebaker, who plays... Um, Caitlin, uh, Caitlin Snow, who will theoretically become Killer Frost, and they're also going to bring in. Um, they're also going to be bringing in. Let's see. I'm looking for his name. Yeah, I'm not. Canos Canos Valdez. Yes, yes. It plays Cisco Ramon. I've seen the character's name, but not the not the actor's name right off. And uh, he uh, plays a co-worker of Barry's. And so the two of them will be coming into an Arrow episode uh, that is an Arrow episode, not a Flash episode. But they'll be there to sort of flesh out the spinoff in, in lieu of the episode 20 that they originally wanted to do of, of uh, Barry coming back. Mm. Barry is still going to be in his coma. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a real fast coma of about, what, uh, one-tenth of a second, then he wakes up? Uh, no, according to this article, he's going to be in the coma until the pilot for the Flash series. Well, that's convenient. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was just a bad joke. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, well, I've got um, you know, I, I'm I'm really enjoying Arrow at the moment. Um, we've I, we've just been catching up on it here in the UK because um, they've moved it from Mondays to Thursdays, and uh, mm. I think we're something like uh, we're probably about three, maybe four weeks behind you guys in the states. Mm. Uh, but the last episode I seen was really, really good. Uh, we had the uh, daughter of Ray Al Ghul. Yes, that's a good one. And, that's, um, and she's played by Katrina Law, who played Mira on Spartacus. Yeah, I know. Um, um, and she also played, a, she also played a, a female torturer in an episode of Chuck. Ah, cool. Um, and, you know, I, I've got a thing for, uh, for Katrina Law. Uh, she, she's something, she's someone that I very, very, very much love to interview. Yeah, yeah. And i got to say, as a, as a fan of both... Spartacus and Arrow. I love the fact that the Arrow guys are unapologetic uh, Spartacus fans, mm-hmm. and that they are going out of their way to bring in these Spartacus actors where they can. Yeah, I think I think that's really cool. But did you did you know that actually did you know that Katrina Law, um, as long as being an actress, she's actually a stand up comedian? No, I did not know that. And I saw I was looking at her website a while back. Her, her you know, which is kind of like her official website. Um, mm. So I actually wrote um, her PR person and tried to set up something with, with her a while back, but they never got back to me. And um, you know, maybe it's some something I should try again, maybe. But ba- basically, there's a, a video of her doing stand-up comedy on 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 the site, and um, she I've got to say, she's really good. She's oh, wow. really, she's really really funny. She's sort of like um, you know she you know she she sort of, you know she had the audience's attention and she you know she was getting quite a few laughs as well so mm. and and even I laughed and you know I you know I, I I'm not the easiest person to make laugh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very interesting because she plays such intense roles. You know, at least the ones I've seen so far. And mm-hmm. yeah, well, that's actually I think that's actually kind of a trait of a lot of comedians. I mean, we've we've had a lot of comedians here in the UK. I've gone on to become actors and uh, wound up playing quite intense kind of roles. That's true. Um, that's true. So it's, yeah. uh, I mean, w- w- one example um, is we, we had a comedian here in the UK called Russ Abbott. Um, he's still around, but I don't think he does too much now. But uh, when when he went into acting, he played he played uh, some quite serious roles, mm. sort of thing. Um, and of course, you know, um, the 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 actor that plays Jonathan Creek. Um, he, he's he's actually a comedian, Alan Davis. He's a comedian. He's Jonathan Creek, and uh, and um, he played Jonathan Creek so well that for quite a while there was a um, there was a big fan movement to try and try try and get him in the role of Doctor Who. Oh wow! You know? Okay. So yeah. because Jonathan Creek, he, he's very he's a very quirky sort of uh, character, but he's a very intense sort of character. You know. Yeah, it's it's, it's very Doctorish. It's so, very Doctor. So yeah. it's kind of like, um, kind of, well, I think I think um, I think, I think um, as a rule, a lot of, lot of comedians uh, that become actors, uh, do you know, wind up doing intense pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know, it's um, you know, I'm certainly hoping that they, that that Katrina Law comes back into Arrow. I mean, she's Race or Goo's daughter, so. Yes, um, and and they've they've said that there's at least one more appearance for her this season. My impression from articles I've read is that the season finale for season two is going to be a complete blowout. Mm-hmm. Everybody and his uncle is going to be lining up. Yeah, and so, we've also we've also got Cynthia Adai Robinson. Um, who, as it happens, replaced Katrina Law. <laughs> no, she re- she replaced someone else. Uh, Katrina, yeah, she replaced. She was playing Navia. 
Oh, so she replaced the actress playing Navia. Oh, yeah, she replaced she replaced uh, Navia. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Katrina played Mira, so that's a completely different yeah, character. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Mira got. I think Mira was uh, the one that was involved with uh, with, with Spartacus, and then yes, yes, the yeah, the, the one who died on Vesuvius, and he and he um, puts the the the. Um, the vine ropes around her and to bury her and lowers her, lowers her down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she she died quite horribly. <laughs> Most of them did. Uh, yes. Less. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, I've got another interesting little bit of uh, news. Um, this this I've just found actually. Um, and apparently, Marvel's Agent Carter TV show is looking like it's going to be a thirteen part limited series. Um. Basically, uh. The, the the Agent Carter series, which um, sees um, oh what's her name, uh, Haley Atwell reprise the role of Agent Carter, um, will 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 mainly only run uh, for thirteen episodes, according to um, a report found on Collider. Um, thirteen episodes is how this is envisioned, maybe even less. Stephen McFeely said it would be a limited series. You you would wrap 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 up that one bad guy and that one case. And then you, you, you like it. Well, not do it. we'll do it again next year, sort of thing. Uh, Agent Carter is to be set in the 1940s with Haley Atwell reportedly interested in reprising her role. Um, that said, we've actually heard reports, um, you know, coming through that she's actually signed up to play her own again. Yeah, it, it makes sense uh, that it'd be a limited series for two reasons. First off, um, Agent Carter is... And a, and a relatively untested quantity, even by Marvel standards. But the other issue is Haley Atwell. Um, I don't know how much television she's done, and they might not want to scare her off, you know, with you know this multi-year commitment, especially being British. That's just not how Brits do TV. Yeah, she's done television in this country. I think she's done a few period things and um, and and this this and that. Um... You know, to really have to look up, you know, various things she's done. But I, but I am aware that she's done TV in this country and stuff like that. But she, I don't think she's be, ever been involved in some in anything long term for a whole series. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, that's what I mean. I, I, I don't think, I don't think they want to put her in long term until they until they see what it is that they're signing up for. Mm. So, I, I, I think she's, I think she's good enough to carry it though. She is, she is, yeah. but. Um, but I, I could see why the why, why network suits would be would balk at it. Plus, you know, she's got to, she's got to see see if it's something she actually wants to do because what what her perceptions of it might not be the same at the beginning of the process that as they are at the end of the process. For all we know, so. Well, I, I think it'd be a really good series. Um, you know, because um, I think they they they, they did do an, an Agent Carter limited edition one off one shot comic uh, mm. a while back, which proved to be quite successful, but. The the thing is, um, in 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 comic book miniseries that Marvel have done about Shield, um, Carter's running Shield, and um, you've got you know the the, the uh, group of uh, soldiers that Captain America worked with, uh, working under her. So there'd, there'd be potential to bring those characters we see in in the uh, in the World War Two story, Captain America, come back into a TV series, which mm. I which I I think in and of itself is pretty cool. Yes, if they yes. can do that. If, if they do if they do it well, it's going to be awesome. Because, and, uh, because and I, I I love period stuff generally. So they can do period stuff with with you know Marvel comic book superhero things thrown in. That's going to be just you know double brilliant. So 
Well, those characters are really interesting. The uh, the supporting roles that that were sort of like you know going around with Bucky and Captain America in the uh, first film. Mm. You know, in, you know they, were, they were quite quirky characters, and uh, um, in in a sense, kind of like reminded me of the Doc Savage's sidekicks. Mm. So I, I I'm really interested in seeing that. So I'm hoping that you know it does go to a series and it, it succeeds. Mm-hmm. Um, the only have you got anything else? I wanted to bring up uh, th- this is totally a very different story but I thought it was very important to bring up um, you had on the site the latest snippets from the latest uh, lengthy video interview with uh, Joseph Michael Straczynski who was mm. who crafted Babylon 5 and there was one segment of that interview that I thought was extremely important uh, he talked about what happened with Michael O'Hare mm-hmm. and um and, and the transition from Michael O'Hare to Bruce Boxleitner. And there was a lot there. This story was, he, he was just doing the story for this interview. And he said he was going to uh, give the story again during his next convention appearance. So it's, it's a new information um, that I thought was just really important. Because mm. a lot of us were nonplussed, shall we say, when Sinclair was replaced by Sheridan. We, we, we couldn't quite figure out why he would do anything as drastic as just just change leads. Um, and to be honest, I was actually quite relieved to replace uh, O'Hare with um, with Boxing Lightner because to me, O'Hare and, um, and 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 that character was such a such a monotone sort of boring character. But, you know, I literally snapped halfway through season one of Babylon 5. Yeah, unfortunately, part of the reason we now know that he was so monotone is that he was um, he was medicated. <laughs> he had to be. Um, it turned out that he... Straczynski doesn't actually specifically say what was wrong, but from, the, from, the, from what he's describing, uh, it was schizophrenia or something very close mm-hmm. to it. And O'Hare was showing signs of it during the beginning of first season and Straczynski got him on meds and they, they helped him through that first season. And, and then by the end of it, uh, they both O'Hare and Straczynski realized that he wasn't going to be able to continue and they transitioned to Sheridan. And, um, it's actually a, a very tragic story by the end of it. And I'm, I'm, you know, I encourage, listeners to go to the site and and look at the interview and listen to the whole thing and listen to Straczynski tell the story in his own words because mm-hmm. uh, O'Hare gave him permission to do it um, after his death and he has regrettably he has regrettably left us there, there, were, there were all sorts of rumours about it um, at the time even, even to a point where there was um, I remember um, on the old um, Alpha message boards, um, talking to somebody about it, and this uh, this guy I was talking to was um, was insinuating that O'Hare was a heroin addict or something something to that effect, um, mm. which you know I kind of thought, mm, well, it's a possibility, um, but it's kind it's kind of interesting again because. You see him in that first season, and it's such it's such kind of it's such a flat performance throughout that first season. And then you see him again in the uh, two part episode where they where they go back in time, and he goes to become the uh, the, the leader of the Mimba the Mimbari. The Valen, yeah, Valen. and yeah. yeah, and um, and you see that performance, and you compare it to the performance um, of all his first season episodes, and that 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 performance where where he becomes Valen. 
is far and away better than what he did in the entire first season. And and, and Straczynski talks about that and the implication you're left with is that the reason for that is because he had gotten help and he was properly medicated and he had had some time in the intervening years to actually get well and or at least better. And um, and so that's that was the different the qualitative difference because during that first season he was apparently as Straczynski put it hanging by his fingernails mm. with with the the issues he was facing and um, and Straczynski was literally saying it was day to day as to whether or not he could keep it together mm-hmm. and he had and he had uh, he had a, a a deal with Warner's where any signs of trouble and he would pull the plug and the two of them. Um, kept kept so hair afloat long enough to get through that first season it's, and by the end of it it's just it's insane when you realize you, know, you never know what other people are facing you know and you can't can't really judge them yeah it's, it's also it's quite funny as well because uh, <laughs> you know it's funny that you brought this up because i've just checked my email and i've got an email off the person that sent me the uh, videos Mm-hmm. Um, saying that, can I change this link and uh, can I also mention that it's actually available online now? <laughs> so I've got I've, that's that's another job that I've got to do later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, yes. it's quite it's kind it's kind of a it's kind of coincidental that that it came up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean to be honest, um, I've never really been a huge fan of JMS's work other than Babylon Five. Babylon Five mm. is, you know, for me, it's the one, it's the single greatest thing he's done, and I don't think he's ever been able to sort of like uh, top it since. Mm. Uh, for me, I mean, you know, he did that series with Luke Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And to be honest, elements of that were quite good, but it just didn't have legs. It got cancelled after the second season, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it just seemed to be, um, you know, going along at a very slow pace. And I think that's pretty much probably what killed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, I'm more of a fan of JMS's television work than I am of his uh, comic book work. I hate his comic book work. I, I, I gather. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. I don't hate JMS. Um, I'm, no. not, I'm not like um, Wayne used to be a total JMS hater. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's just a case of um, you know, just I just don't you know I don't don't feel his comic work is that that good. You know, whereas his TV work um, for me has been been you know pretty damn good. You mm-hmm. know. But um, as far as the quality of his TV work uh, goes, um, the books are like starts at Babylon Five. Yeah. Yeah. With the exception of the fifth season. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of an unforced error. He he literally didn't know that he was going to get a fifth season, so he made yeah. some choices that he shouldn't have made. So. But that said, there were there were there were elements of the fifth season that actually worked quite well. Uh, yes, just not the whole thing. It just yeah. um, it just it just didn't quite hang together as well as the uh, first four seasons. No, um, no. You know. Um, yeah, m- moving on to uh, something um, else. This is uh, the video game related story of um, of this week. Um, is the PlayStation Four game Drive Club. Um, th- there was a story that came out last week um, saying that the uh, the game, which is a dra- you know racing car driving simulator, um, had had been had been put back into development. Yeah, apparently um, a story's come out. Uh, and um, you know, fa- fairly recently, as in this week, as in today, um, which you know, it's actually Monday, uh, that the game is actually available for pre-order on Amazon US um, for September thirtieth. Um, 
what pre-ordered customers have actually been reportedly told that delivery um, is not expected to take place until early October. Um, mm. The email which suggests that the game will, will, will be delivered between October 3rd and 7th um, alleges that the new release date was issued by Sony. Uh, Sony are yet to comment on the rumours, although a spokesperson recently said that the game has gone back in, in gone back to the drawing board and wouldn't be shipped until it was great. Um, the game has been touted for a nearly 2014 launch after being delayed a month before the release of the PlayStation 4. Um, a deleted Evolution Studios Twitter post suggests the game would launch on ninth, on 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 the um, fourth of the fourth uh, of September twenty fourteen, uh, pointing towards um, an April or September release, depending on the date format. <laughs> so, oh, that makes sense. Um, actually, ninth for the fourth. Sorry, mm. ninth of April. I was so like I was reading the date in American. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um. But, you know, basically um, for the gamers that, you know, listen, Drive Club is sort of like one of these games that um, that it was supposed to come out with the launch of PlayStation and it's been touted as one, one of the games that really, really shows shows off the frame rate and the graphic capability of the PlayStation 4 um, because we haven't really seen it yet. Mm. Um, you know, we we had a there was a game called Knack that came out, which kind of showed it off a little bit. Um, but it was very much like a Pixar sort of animation. And the other games that have come out have been, you know, sort of like uh, they've been they've been sort of basically uh, you know fancied up versions of games that came out on a previous generation of consoles, mm. uh, such as FIFA Soccer, um, Battlefield Four, and 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 stuff like that. Um. But the, you know the first game um, that that route that really shows off what the uh, console can do actually comes out on um, on Friday and it's called um, it's called Infamous um, Second Son and mm. it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a superhero type game um, and uh, it's about this uh, this this character who you know finds he's got these you know he he's got these superpowers and can absorb superpowers off other people that have some capabilities. Um, but he's living in a world where where these these uh, mutants are actually hunted by the authorities. So it's kind of like um, I'd, I'd say it's kind of like a similar story than storyline to the X Men. But there's no academy for X Men. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know they they're all on the streets and they're all sort of like um, you know fight fight five. So that's something um, that's something that comes out Friday, and I've got that pre-ordered, and I'm likely to be reviewing it next week. So. Yeah, cool. So that's um, that that's one bit of video gaming news that we that we've got um, for for today. That that you know, Drive Club is supposedly back in development, but according to Amazon US, it could be out in September. I don't yeah. know. I, I I don't know. It's like um, I got a feeling that we're not going to see Drive Club until next year. At, you know, at this at this rate. Probably not. You know, so which which is sad because you know from everything I've seen of it, it looks really good. Uh, but I'm boring with my video game speak. <laughs> That's all right. I just don't play very much that kind of stuff. Well, I, I'm lucky if we can get an hour a week in. So. Mm. Um, but yeah, do do you have anything else? Uh, on, a, on a semi-related note, in terms of merchandising, it looks like, uh, according to another story on your site, the uh, Doctor Who Lego set is inching toward existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want one. 
It looks it it looks uh, like it could be it could be really fun. I, I don't I don't do uh, I don't do Legos, but for those who do, it looks like it could be really really fun. The the advertising logo will be if you build it, he will come. He will come. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, that, oh, no, sorry, that's um, that that's field of dreams, isn't it? Yeah, that's okay. It applies. I'm wondering if they're going to include little Lego adipose. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> I hate those things. <laughs> I hate tribbles too. Oh my god. I hate anything cute like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, on another uh, merchandise from Alien Story, um, the merchandising side of Sci-Fi Pulse and SFP Now, uh, SciFiPulseMerch.com, um, on, on the Facebook group, sci-fi, uh, which is uh, Facebook.com forward slash SciFiPulseMerch, we have um, a weekly offer, and it's Hazel's Pick of the Week, and it's quite appropriate, actually, given that the uh, DVD and Blu-ray of this came out today, but we've got um, a Katniss Everdeen Barbie doll. Oh, my God. Which is our deal of the week, and if you go to the uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash um, sci-fi post merch, um, you can find the code, and if you if you um so like order through sci-fi-pulse-merch.com, uh, and enter the code, you can get ten percent not just off the dough but off your entire order. That's um, good. That's really so, good. So if you if you used to buy two things, you get ten percent off off the total checkout thing. So, mm. um, but I I was looking at the dough, and it looks really cool. Mm. It looks really really good. Um. And they've got other dolls of these as well. They've got they've got Peter and they've got Effie. Oh, mm, cool! So you know, if if you if you if you're a big Hunger Games fan and you're into dolls, you know they're, 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 I should imagine they'll be quite sought after. Um, but that, that's the that's the other thing I've got, and I've also got Hunger Games queued up. Once I finished updating, I'm gonna watch the second Hunger Games film. Oh, cool. Um, have you seen it? No, I haven't. I've just haven't been in the mood. Have you seen the first one? I haven't seen the first one, and I also haven't read the books. Like I said, I just haven't been in the mood. Mm-hmm. Well, my, my, my niece is a big fan of it, but, you know, it's actually written for for, 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 um, for, for her age group anyway, I think, because she's 12. Mm. And it's, yeah. like, it's literally the only science fiction thing that she's ever read. <laughs> so, oh. and it's, well, you, you got you got to start somewhere. Got to start somewhere. Yeah, but it's probably the only science fiction thing she'll ever read. This is true. Which is kind of sad. Yeah, you know? I'm just I'm just not in the mood for post-apocalyptic fighting the future. Any any variations on that theme yeah. right now? Yeah, I think I think um I think you're probably a bit like me. You're kind of a little bit burned out with it. Yeah. Because we've had Battlestar, we've had Battlestar Galactica, we've had Forming Skies, and all all, all these uh, post-apocalyptic series. Um, I think what we need is we need um, and this is a nice segue actually. I think we need a new show with you know, with kind of like a little bit of optimism attached, such as Star Trek. Yes. Um, which appropriately needs us on to Star Trek Continues, um, because we'll be featuring an interview a little bit later on. It's a very quick interview with uh, with Vic Mignana, who mm-hmm. plays Captain Kirk, and he's also the executive producer of the show. Uh, but you, you've just watched both episodes of Star Trek Continues, and um, I've already I've, seen them, and I thought they were excellent, and, um, you know, I'd just like to hear your views. First off, let me say that um, Who Mourns for Adonis, the Apollo episode, has always been one of my favorite episodes of the classic series, because I, I always gravitate to um, sci-fi twists on, on mythology and folklore. It's the same sort of thing that, that um, made me such a Stargate fan for a long time. And so to know that the very first episode of Star Trek continues out of the gate is a follow-up to that episode 
with the original actor returning in the role and having and they and they accommodate script wise with the fact that he's actually older now and they they build that into the script it was just so 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 well done i loved it mm-hmm. i quite liked it as well i liked the way it ended because um as as i said in the uh, interview um, this is a minus biomer, uh, but I said in the in- interview to uh, to Vic that you know you you had the possibility of a spin off series with a pongo, and you could do it like kung fu, where he's traveling from uh, province to province on this alien world where they've dropped him, and you know he's traveling from province to province righting wrongs. Yeah, yeah, and I love the fact that they had they used enough CGI to sort of de-age him. So that it showed that uh, it showed that the the new process was taking hold, and it was really quite lovely and really well done. Extremely good script. I was I was very impressed with it. Mm. I've got to say, I enjoyed the first one, but um, I enjoyed the second episode. Nor and I a hang of a lot more. A little Lani, yes. No, not, not Lani. Yeah. Yes, you were thinking Lorelai because of Agents of Shield, but yes, and um, that that script was also really good and. Uh, they, they brought on Lutheran Noah as the big green monster who is actually a monster this time. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he's a slave trader. And uh, he, he did really well in the role. And the script for this episode was also really good and, and brought, some, brought strong themes and some, some really mm-hmm. uh, interesting explorations of slavery and what it, and what it means and, and what uh, the crew and, uh, has to do in relation to it. And it was really, really well, well done and well thought out. Yeah, how, how do you think it stands up against uh, Phase Two? You know, I haven't seen any of Phase Two. Um, You've not? I, I, I know I haven't. So, I um I I don't watch a lot of uh, a lot of web series. I don't have time. But um, I'm going to make time for Star Trek Continues. Yeah. I was especially impressed by the fact that I was expecting like fifteen minute or half hour episodes, but it's not. It's like full episodes. It is full episodes, and, and that's the same with Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek Phase Phase Two is also full episodes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, um, I, I think, I, I think for me, Star Trek Continues is, um, you know, a little bit, a little bit better mm-hmm. for me personally. Um, I mean, that, that's not taking anything away from Phase Two because I've I've seen all of Phase Two thus far, and and I've enjoyed it. But I think from 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 um from from certainly from the acting standpoint, I think Star Trek continues slightly edges it, mm. um and the writing as well. Yeah, to be honest, yeah. Because I thought I thought the um I thought that second script that they did um you know um uh, Mangani was just um I don't know I mean something like they they kind of like hit on they hit on a z on on something there because you know we've had we've just had twelve years of slave. Uh, yes. Pick up, pick up several Oscars and and this, this and that, and um, you know slavery as as a as a rule has actually been you know quite quite a big discussion point uh, this year uh, because it, you know because you know a lot of people sort of think it doesn't it it doesn't exist now. Well, like it does. It still it's still very much relevant. Um, probably more so now than it than it was than it was back then. Um, because I think now a lot of people kind of sort of like, you know, are inclined to kind of, you know, well, this happened years and years ago and kind of brush it under the carpet. Right, and, and, right. And yet we st- it's still happening. We've got, you know, we've got girls being shipped into the States and, and uh, Europe, um, you know, who, who, who are sort of like being forced into a life of prostitution. And, mm. and, and, and this, this and that, it's quite, quite a big, big slave trade going on. And, you know, and for me, the, the, the nanny just hit on 
him all of that. Yes, and it and it did it in a way that was both powerful and yet true to the original series. Mm-hmm. You, you bought that this was an original series, that this could have been an original series episode. They just yeah. that they, that they just didn't get around to. Yeah, I was re- I was really impressed with the actress as well that 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 uh, played Nanani, you know, and um, you know she she had quite a lot to do in that episode, and she she really pulled it off. Yeah, and she she carried it. She carried it. She, it's she really it's not a minor thing to do something like that, and to have to cope with the green body body paint on mm. top of that, you know. Which, so which uh, that that's that's kind of that's my only criticism of it actually. Um, you, you know, if you if you sort of watching it very carefully, you can see where the green body paint is actually fading away in certain scenes and, mm. and stuff like that. But it's yeah. such a, it's such a small thing that the, you know that that the story kind of carries you along and you kind you kind of disregard it. Just, just yeah, for the sake yeah. of the fact that you, you, you got so, you know, re, such a really good story sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I did want to mention, because I, I don't know if you caught this, but Elise McKenna, who is the ship's counselor character, because uh, what they did was they, they wrote in a ship's counselor character. She's the first ship's counselor in Starfleet history, and they, they wrote her in. Yep. And for the for um and I'm watching it both the episodes I'm like Elise McKenna Elise McKenna that name is ringing a bell and, I, and then I remember Elise McKenna is the character from Somewhere in Time. Yep, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's um I, I was I actually did a search on her on IMDb. She's done quite a lot. Mm. Uh, yeah, these these are these are these are work, working actors, all of them. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Chris Doohan, I've got to mention this. Chris Doohan, um, James Doohan's son, James Doohan plays Scotty on uh, on the original series. His son Chris plays Scotty on this web series. I know, and uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's it's really cool, and and his accent just as terrible as um, as James Doohan's was. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I'm not Scottish, um, but I'm sure I'm sure the Scot you know the Scots people. Um, you know, in in, in the UK, we'll, we'll 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 be just as forgiving of it as they were of Jimmy Dewan's accent. <laughs> yeah, because at least it's at least it's his son butchering the same accent. So, yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it, it's um, he does a pretty he does a pretty good job of it though. You know, although it's not a great accent, at least he manages to maintain it and hold it throughout the performance, which is which is the which is the biggest part of the battle when 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 you when you're doing voice work. Yeah, uh, although I think a lot of us are just plain spoiled by the fact that we've grown used to listening to actual Scottish actors on these various other shows. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, I I, I used some of the uh, I used some of the Scottish actor in a uh, Stargate um, Atlantis. Uh, I forget I forget his name, but I I just um, I, I loved that his accent. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm blanking now. I was I was thinking I was thinking Universe, and that was Robert Carlyle, but you're thinking mm-hmm. of someone. Yeah, I, I um I, I I don't really want to talk about Stargate Universe. Uh, yeah, I no. I don't I, I skipped it altogether. I was I was completely maxed out on the Stargate unit Stargate. Yeah, I seen I seen I seen the first three episodes and got bored. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, oh, it was um M- uh, McGillian. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Name oh, finally came to me. Paul yeah. Paul McGillian. Paul, yeah. Paul, Paul McGillian, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in song like um, I, 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 I think I think Chris Dewan's done 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 a pretty good job. In fact, I was listening to an interview with him, um, and he was being interviewed with the with with uh, Vic and uh, someone else, uh-huh. and he said that he he listened to um, oh god, what's the name? I'm blanking on the name. The actor now. <laughs> 
Um, oh, shit. Well, it's a pointless story anyway, because I can't remember the name of the actor. So if I can't remember ah. the name of the actor, I can't really say. Oh, okay. Uh, well, he, he, he said that he listened to, to, to this actor speaking a lot on, on, on the car radio. Mm-hmm. And uh, and tried to base his accent off of him. So, mm. <laughs> um, so what I'm gonna have to do once I remember the name of the actor, I'm gonna have to listen to this actor and then listen to uh, Chris side by side and really analyze. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, but I I think it's um I I think it's a really good series. Star Trek continues, and and the great thing is they they managed to get two out in a very short space of time, which is yes. something which is something that Star Trek Phase Two, to my knowledge, has never done. Mm. So you know they 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 they, they must have um, a bigger a, a bigger production team behind it or, or something, um, because you know it's more of not you waiting the whole whole year sometimes for them to get the uh, Star Trek Phase Two episodes out and, and this this and that. According um, to their Twitter, they're they've just started filming the third episode, whatever yeah, it is. So. Yeah, they're actually they're actually, uh, they're actually going to film the third. You know that that's what that's what was um, happening when I spoke to Vic uh, a couple of uh-huh. weeks ago. He was actually getting his hair cut to a Federation standard um, to make ready to go and film the third episode, and he cool. was actually uh, he was actually going to be traveling out the next day. So um, I I can't wait to see it. So like it's definitely it's definitely a web series I I'll, I'll, I'll be following and I'll also be continuing to follow Star Trek Phase Two as well. Oh, cool. Um, because you know I don't I don't want to sort of like uh, I I don't I don't want to sort of like uh, be be disloyal because obviously Marks works on Star Trek Phase Two. So oh. yeah, he does the uh, he does the uh, cinematography on on Star oh, Trek Phase cool. Two now, and he's he's been doing it for a. Uh, it's been doing it for about uh, eighteen months, I think. That's cool. It's very cool. So it's um, I mean, they're both very good productions. So I'd encourage you to have a look at Star Trek Phase Two if you can. I will. Yeah. Um, you know, if you, if you can find, you can actually find the episodes on YouTube now. Cool. I'll, I'll look up a few. Mm-hmm. It should be cool. Um, but you know, it's um, it, as as a web series, it, I'm, you know, I'm really impressed with it, and I think it's probably time to uh, you know, move on to the interview. So, without further ado, space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the um, of this horrible cat Sasha that's uh, decided to commandeer my knee. Um, to, to boldly seek out her food morsels and uh, sources of milk. And to boldly purr like no cat has purred before. Bum bum. <laughs> um, so, folks, uh, on to my interview with Vic Mignana. I believe we were scheduled to rendezvous with the Potemkin. Yes, sir. In under four hours. Well, let's not keep them waiting. Lieutenant Uhura, contact them. Let them know we'll be lighting all the boilers, if that's all right with you, Mr. Scott. Ah, as if you had to ask. Mr. Chekhov, set a course for Beta Oragai. Course laid in, sir. Mr. Sulu, warp six. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show, um, Vic. Is it Vic Mignana? Wow, good for you! You nailed it. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, I've been I've been practicing my lines all day, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so well, it's it's great to be with you, Ian. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's it's great to have you on. Um, well, we're welcoming Vic Mignana from the um, epic web series Star Trek Continues, which is a continuation of the original series Five Year Mission. Um, how are you today, Vic? 
I am wonderful. I'm actually, as I told you earlier, your your listeners might get a kick out of it. I'm actually sitting in the barber chair right now with my dear magical friend Michael. He's cutting my hair, and getting ready for Captain Kirk. We're shooting our next episode uh, next week. Cool. And uh, I'm getting my Kirk haircut on right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, you know, first of all, I just want to song I could give you guys a bit of praise because uh, I've seen both your episodes so far. I've really enjoyed both of them. I, I enjoyed the um, I enjoyed the second one slightly more than the first. You know, um, I've been hearing that a lot, and I, I must tell you, I'm very gratified to hear that. I was I was actually a bit worried because I the first episode was so well received, and I I was afraid that we had set the bar so high that it might be. You know, anything we would do would be a bit of a, of a letdown. But I'm very, very gratified that people are enjoying the second episode so much. Mm. Well, um, I think my first question is: um, is how did you, you know, how did you uh, first come to develop Star Trek Continues? Um, and, you know, and is it the first web series you've been involved with? Or? Well, well, let me take the second part of the question first. It's definitely not the first web series I've ever been involved in. I've, been involved in a lot of web series, um, but uh, what happened regarding Star Trek, I, I was invited to be a part of a couple of other Star Trek web productions uh, several years ago, and the first thing that I noticed was, I, the first thing I thought to myself was, wow, these things could be done so much better than they're being done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if only they had, like, professional actors. If only they had uh, somebody who knew how to, to shoot better. If only they knew, had somebody who knew how to light better. If only they had, you know, whatever, uh, fill in the blank. And, and so I made a mental note to myself that, you know, wow, this could be done so much better than it's being done currently. And that was kind of what became the impetus for me wanting to, you know, to do, to, to do one myself. I, I was, a huge fan of the original series when I was young, and uh, a chance to you know bring all of my production and film uh, making techniques that I've learned over the years and bring it together with my childhood dream of getting to play Star Trek is just a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the one thing uh, you know, one thing you said that. Uh, the one thing you said there that struck a chord with me is is the um, you know of course the acting in a lot of the uh, web series uh, for Star Trek. I mean, I think uh, it was Star Trek Phase Two, which which kind of like really set the bar on production values, right? Well, I I don't have any comment on on them particularly. They uh, they certainly they certainly did it better than people had done it up to that point. But, uh, you know, so I, I feel quite confident that we have far exceeded anything that any other web production has done in terms of lighting, shooting, editing, uh, you know, just every element, story, acting. Yeah. I mean, the one thing that's, you know, that, that really struck me about uh, Star Trek continue, Continues, aside from the acting, is the, uh, is the writing. I mean, I, I just thought the, the second episode, uh, was it Ngani? Lolani. 
Lanny, yes. Yeah. Um, I just thought that second episode was outstanding in terms of the, the writing. It, it just felt like um, an original series episode to me in terms of it wasn't it wasn't surfaced off. You, you kind of had the uh, morality tale. And it also yeah. seemed quite timely as well, yeah. you know, given that you, 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 you know, you've just had a, tw- you know, 12 years a slave, uh, win a couple of Academy Awards and stuff like that, with, with it being on the subject of slavery, which is very much being in right. the headlines. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you for saying that. We, uh, you know, the, the story was, uh, the story was, was created by myself and uh, Houston Huddleston, and then uh, my friend Paul Bianchi, and Houston co-wrote the, uh, the script, and I'm just, I'm very, very pleased. By the way, that was something that I had, that was a goal that I had for Star Trek Continues as well, and that was, we are going, we want to tell stories in the vein and flavor of the original series. Well, you know, we, we don't, you know, we don't just want to do what, you know, a lot of productions do where they just, ah, let's shoot phasers, and let's beam down, and, Let's flip open communicators. Let's fight the Klingons. Not, we didn't want to do that very stereotypical kind of Star Trek stuff. We wanted to be able to tell compelling stories that had great, you know, pathos and had a great moral theme. One of the great, one of the great things about um, a lot of the web series, and you guys have done it also, um, is you brought in some great names from the world of Star Trek and other sci-fi shows. Um, right. In, in in the uh, first episode you had, which was um, a continuation of Who Mourns for Adamus, you managed to bring um, I can't remember the name, name of the actor off, my, off the top of my head um, from from Michael, Michael Forrest. Michael right, Forrest, right. that's one. Yeah. You, you managed to bring him into the show. How, how did you actually get him to uh, become involved? Was that well, because that to kind be of honest been... with you, to be honest with you, I've, I've made friends with several people in the Star Trek world over the years, and um, uh, I somebody had told me. Actually, one of the other Star Trek actors had told me that uh, he uh, was interested in doing a Star Trek production, and so I contacted him, and he said yes, he was interested in doing one, and so I told him that I had a story in mind that was basically an Apollo, kind of basically an Apollo redemption story. So he agreed to uh, to come back and reprise his role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, really liked, I really liked the way that episode ended. You know, with with him on another on another planet playing the Good Samaritan, I thought that was quite yes. cool. The way you yes. ended that one. Um, yes, and uh, that was something I wanted to do as well because I felt like the the uh, the audience would always wonder whether or not he made good on his promise. You know, um, whether you know whatever happened to him, did he did he did he fulfill his promise or did he go back to trying to get people to fall down and worship him? So uh, I really wanted to end the, the episode that way and show people that he made good on his promise, and he was even younger than you know, younger than ever. Well, you know, you could almost, you could you, you could almost do a spin-off series um, with a pongo and do it in the same vein as Kung Fu. Ah, that's a cool idea. <laughs> <laughs> It's just uh, it's just a thought that just occurred to me just now. Um, so. Yeah, that's a very interesting idea. Well, I, I just um, I, I love the series and what you've done. Can you tell us a little bit about um, your, your next episode? Is there anything you can well, like, talk about as a, there? As a matter of fact, we're keeping that a big secret. Um, but I will tell you that it is a it is a it is a 
direct continuation of an original series episode that many people uh, agree is one of their favorites. And um, I, I think people are just going to be blown away, actually. If they liked the first one and the second one, they're, a they're absolutely going to be blown away. Oh, cool. I can't wait to see that. Um, what, 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 what would you say is your favorite original series episode? Um, just well, curious. It's funny, you should, it's funny you should ask because I have... Uh, my favorite original series episode is one that is not very well known, but it was my favorite, and it's called Requiem for Methuselah. It was one of my favorites. It was in the third season, and I absolutely loved that episode. Yeah, that, that's actually that's actually an unusual one. It's not like a uh, mirror mirror or the trouble with triples or the ones that you'd kind of expect. So you're right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It was one that was a little less well known, but I loved it. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if you want to know my favorite. My favorite's Balance of Terror. Ah, I, I, with the Romulan. Yeah. yeah, that's a great one. I just love that whole tug and war uh, between the two captains trying to second-guess each other. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. That's a great episode. Um, are there any uh, dream guest stars you'd love to get on Star Trek Continues? Well, I think it would be absolutely the, the height of, of, uh, of everything we're doing to get William Shatner to... Uh, to be a part of our series. I don't think that's going to happen, but it would be really great. It would be a tremendous honor to have him on. That, that, that'd be pretty cool. Um, no, um, I mean, so like, um, the, the one thing that you guys have got nailed as well is the, uh, the whole triumvirate between Spock, Kirk and McCoy. That is, again, something we definitely wanted to make sure and, you know, and honor and, and do a good job with. Well, one of the other things I like is the fact that you got you've got got G Jimmy Dewan's son playing Scotty. I think that's just so I cool. Know. How cool is that, right? <laughs> it, it is. It's really cool. I mean, it's funny actually because uh, I think I think it was Chris that wrote me um, a few years back uh, in order to uh, help with the campaign to get uh, Jimmy Star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Right, 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 and, right, and. Funny enough, we were one of the first sites he wrote to, and you know, it was sort of like um, it was an honor and a privilege to actually sort of like uh, kind of help with that. But it's great to see, it's great to be able to put a face to the name because I've never actually met, uh, I've yeah, never actually he's met a him. Wonderful guy, he's a wonderful guy and a good friend. Mm -hmm. And and he doesn't do he doesn't do a bad job. He kind of like uh, he does a Scot he does a Scottish accent about the same as his father did it. Uh, he uh, he certainly he certainly uh, does a great job with it. Mm -hmm. He's been he's been practicing a lot. Yeah, I, I seen a little clip of him. Um, I um, somewhere and he was talking about doing the voice, and he said that he uh, he, he was he was copying Gerard Butler. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. He was listening to a, a, a Howard Stern show, and Gerard Butler was on. Well, you certainly did a better job of it than I can do, because I can't do accents. Um, I can do voices, but I can't do accents. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not, that's not my thing either, to be honest with you. I mean, fu funny story about that is um, I was at a convention, I was waiting in queue, and I was doing all my silly voices to amuse myself, and they're drawing a little bit of a crowd, and uh, who should tap me on the shoulder? 
what Jeremy Bonger, who played Boba Fett. I know Jeremy very well, mm. actually. Well, he actually turned around and said to me, you know, he says, you know, there's, a, there's actually probably a career in that for you. And I thought, what? And he was talking about doing voiceover work. Really? And, you know, I, I've not pursued it, but I've, I've often sort of like thought back about that and thought, hmm, is it worth pursuing? Who would I know that does well, voiceover work? It really depends, it really depends on... You know the opportunities you have. Mm. You know, how many opportunities you have in the area that you live, and you know stuff like that. Mm. Well, but I I love it. I mean, I I do voice work professionally as well, and I I enjoy it a lot. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank you for your time. It's been wonderful speaking to you, and uh, best of luck with the uh, shooting of the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. You as well. And listen, like I said, I'm going to be signing autographs at that event in London and I, or in Manchester. I hope you'll come and say hello in person. Uh, I'll definitely try and get to that one because, uh, you know, I, I missed out on the, last, on the one that I did last year, but I was at the one the year before, so I'll try and get to this one. Sounds great. I look forward to seeing you there. Will do. Um, best of luck and thanks again uh, for, for your time. Thank you, Ian. Thanks so much. Take care. Goodbye. time on the new audio adventures of Star Trek, the continuing mission. I know who you are. You're Captain Paul Edwards. Why am I sitting here with you? You have something better to do tonight? I don't know what you hope to accomplish by following the Doctor around Managua all night. Don't you think sneaking around like that is a little undignified? You know this stuff isn't half bad once you get used to it. A little plain, isn't it? Plain? That's my mother's own recipe. That building is a brothel. I think we both know what he's doing in there. Why don't you just stay here tonight? And if you want to, you can take one of these old birds up in the air in the morning. I didn't know you two were fond of Nicaragua. Oh, yes. Fond. Very fond. I can't feel my head. I would say your Bushmills does an adequate job. Aye, that it does, Miss Nitrokov. <laughs> Nothing like a night in Managua. I don't know why I let you talk me into this. Don't bruise the cheese ball. Right, 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 right. Only on the new audio adventures of Star Trek, the continuing mission at continuingmission.com. Okay, engine stop. We copy it down. Remember when science fiction drama envisioned stories that were happening where no one had gone before? Discovering and exploring other worlds far, far away. While many of these series and films became cult classics, somewhere along the way, this genre got lost. Imagine if there was a place where you could go watch exciting new space opera series made specifically for the niche audience that you are. Imagine if this place was conducted by a team as passionate as you about science fiction and who would use all their background experience to make sure you get the best entertainment possible. SOS is a not-for-profit independent production facility that brings together writers, special effects wizards, and other creative talent from around the world who've worked on some of the most recognizable and respected science fiction franchises. So throw away your remote control and get real control by joining the Space Opera Society right now. With as little as one dollar, 
You can change the future of entertainment today. For more information, please visit our website. Which is, of course, spaceoperasociety.com. Where all your questions will be answered in our frequently asked questions page. And don't miss our short video presentation from some of our space opera series in development. And now step off the limb. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. This is Mark Wade. Hi, this is Amanda Tapping. Hello, I'm Steve Pugh. And you can catch them all right here on SFP Now. And that about wraps it up for this week. Uh, Matt Frank Raisa for joining me and um, and Dick Mignana. Um, we're going to be going on a, on, on a brief hiatus uh, while we sort, of like, uh, sort a few things out. We've got interviews um, lined, lined up. Um, but we, we, we kind of like need to uh, take take a, take a bit of a breather uh, for production reasons. But um, I think Matt said to me the other day that he's looking to uh, get a couple of episodes of John Retainment out. So um, in our absence, you, you'll probably more than likely have, have that um, on the air. Um, so thanks for listening and uh, we'll be back with you probably in about, uh, you know, it'll, it'll probably be about two weeks. Um, before before we return, and we we got some we got some really huge stuff um, that we, we're working on, but obviously I don't want to say anything right now uh, because I don't want to jinx it. So thanks for listening and bye for now. We offer the world order.